You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fabulous 54 Below. Before we get started this evening, just a polite reminder, please take this moment to silence your cell phones, and also there is no flash photography, please. Welcome to the 54 Below podcast. I'm Megan Prickett, the club's assistant programming director. Our guest today is singer-songwriter Kylie McNeil, who starred as the English singing and speaking voice of Belle, Suzu, in Mamaro Husoda's Belle. Backed by popular demand, after a sold-out 54 Below debut, she'll be singing songs from the hit anime feature, along with some unreleased originals. Kylie McNeil, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful today, Kylie. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Awesome. Well, we are really excited to have you back at 54 Below. Your debut show in January was awesome. I was there for it. It was it was a really special night. I remember it was fully sold out, which is really exciting here in the club. <laughs> when that basement is packed full, it's a great feeling for both us and I'm sure you. So how does it feel preparing this show, preparing to come back to 54 Below? I'm so excited. It's coming up so soon. I've been really looking forward to this for a while to come back. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about the preparation for that show back in January and what we can expect for this upcoming performance in September? Sure. Well, in January, I was like terrified. So I was just <laughs> running songs every day in preparation, writing my little script that I, things that I say constantly. <laughs> and I mean, it just ended up being so much fun. So I think this time, because I did it once before, I'm a little more confident and <laughs> a little less like horribly terrified. Um, I'm more like excited to come back. And this show, you know, I sing all of the songs from the Bell movie and I sing some of the same unreleased originals with a couple more that I've never sang before and songs from a, a musical I'm writing that I've never sang before. So it's a bit of a different approach just because there's new material. Yeah. We're definitely going to have to get into a little bit of details about that musical you're working on later. I definitely <laughs> would love to talk a little bit about that. In talking about musical theater and your performance background, you know, I know that you went to the Professional Performing Arts School here in New York, which is really exciting. I mean, did you feel like you were living your like fame fantasy or like was every day like an episode of Glee? Like, what was that like? <laughs> oh my God, totally. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was a great experience going to high school there. It was upsetting, though, getting the COVID moment at the end of my senior year, upsetting for everyone, obviously, that kind of put a damper on on my musical theater dreams. Um, but like, um, <laughs> we all yeah, relate. Think, no worries. Yeah, no, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, I loved I loved going there. When did the performance bug bite you? When did this kind of all start for you? How how young were you? Were you always into musical theater or was it more music performance? Can you give us a little bit of detail about mm. that journey for you? Well, my parents were huge, like musical theater fanatics and they're actors as well. So we would always have like cast albums around in the house. So I was like singing Wicked at like three. I was Love. singing like Avenue Q at like three as well, like, which is a problem, but <laughs> like, that's kind of what my household was like. And my mom's dad was a flamenco singer. So there was always just music in my house. So yeah, he was always singing and I always took inspiration from him and so I think music has always been a part of my life. And then 
I, I like went to a really academic middle school and I was like miserable there. So when I went to apply for high school, I was like, I have to get in for musical theater at PBAS. And somehow miraculously it happened. But then of course, like when you're in high school, you're like, oh, I don't want to like do the thing that everyone's doing. So I was like, oh, I don't care about musical theater anymore. Like now that I'm here. Um, but eventually that went away and my love for it came back. <laughs> Amazing. So you, I take it, were you a born and raised New Yorker then? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm born and raised in Manhattan. Oh, cool. And your parents are actors. That must have been like really fun to grow up with <laughs> lesbian parents. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Did you have to audition to get in? I don't really know like much about the process for that performing arts high school here. What is that application and audition process like? Yeah, I did have to audition and there was a round of callbacks. I think there was only one round of callbacks. I don't even remember. Um, Yeah, it was really nerve wracking because I hadn't like really performed in front of people before. So to like audition in front of other kids and faculty members, I was like, oh my God, what a nightmare. This is so scary. But yeah, I think it was like a audition and a callback. Yeah. Wow. And they had you audition in front of each other, like the other students? Yeah. I mean, there was like a dance call. I think it was just the teachers for the singing portion or something like that, but I was like not a dancer. So I was really scared. (laughs) I can imagine that would be like mortifying for (laughs) late in eighth grade, like preparing for that high school. That's all such a horrible time for so many kids as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I can't imagine going through a dance call at that age. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Do you remember what you sang for that audition? I think I sang. At some point in the process, I sang On My Own from Les Mis. Love it. <laughs> which I definitely like cracked on the last note. And the teacher was like, oh my God, don't worry. Like, take it again. And like, was just like supportive of me. Oh, <laughs> um, love so love that. Love him. Yeah. Well, we love a Les Mis moment. The perfect like go-to audition song for an eighth grader. You know, like you, <laughs> I'm sure you killed it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That is so funny. What was going to that high school? You know, you were there just pre-COVID and then obviously your senior year when all of that hit. But what were your performance opportunities there like? Well, most notably my senior year, like literally the day like COVID hit, we were doing this musical. We were doing Pippin and I played Catherine. And that was like maybe the most fun I've ever had. Like it was just, it was such a a, a wonderful experience working with all the people on that. But yeah, it was cut short literally like that week because of COVID. Like we were in the middle of our run. And of course, you know, it's like 20 something musical theater kids like having their show canceled. Like that's a nightmare. Like (laughs) everyone was really upset. So the drama was crazy. Yeah, (laughs) the drama was great. Um, oh, wow. But at least you got to do a few performances of it then. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> wow. Had you seen the most recent revival when that Pippin revival? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's one of my dad's favorite shows. So when he oh, took fun. me to it, when I was like, I don't know, maybe like 11 or something to that revival. I was, yeah, I was so moved because my dad loves it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you? So you grew up listening to these cast albums and just music in general. But did you? You? I'm assuming you grew up going to see Broadway shows as well. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Do you remember your first one? Yes, I do. I believe it was Grey Gardens. <laughs> so, yeah, totally great That's for hilarious. a young child. Wait, um, you been <laughs> I don't so even funny. know. Like younger than five. Something like that. Because I remember, like, specifically the lady at the box office when my mom was trying to buy tickets, she was like, are you sure you want to bring your daughter into this show? And my mom was like, yeah, she's really, like, well-behaved. She won't, like, make noise. And I was just like, okay. But I remember, I think I, like, cried after that interaction as a child because I was like, she doesn't think that I could, like, not be loud at Grey Gardens. Like, I don't know what was happening. But I think I ended up seeing it twice. Oh, wow. That's so funny. That is so funny. That's one of my, like, I love that show so much. And so (laughs) imagining, like, baby Kylie just sitting there (laughs) watching that is really funny to me. No, it's hilarious. (laughs) That's that's great. That's great. All young children should see Great Gardens. Yes. At an early age. Yeah. (laughs) What were some of your other favorites that you saw growing up? Oh, that's a good question. I remember seeing the Disney shows, like The Lion King, Little Mermaid. I was obsessed with Sierra Bogus. Oh my oh, God, yeah. still am. We all are. That we love we, her. Like, like, below. How she's could you favorite. not be like she's the best? Yeah, she's awesome. I oh, I had a whole Wicked phase, oh, like yeah? like everybody, but yeah. I saw it like maybe seven times, something like that, at one point in my life. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so now I need to know when was the last time you saw Wicked? Has it oh, been a that's minute? a good question. I think it has been. Well, I think it's only been a couple years because <laughs> I, I went with my like immediate family, my mom, dad, and brother, and we had like somehow a deal on like closer seats, and that was like a couple years ago. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it many times. <laughs> I love that. The Wicked Phase is so important for young theater kids. It It sure is. It's so important. It it helps propel you into life prepared. I I fully believe in that. It was my first Broadway show. So I'm like, I'm right there with you. It's very, very important. There is no shame there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it so much. Awesome. Well, let's kind of jump into Belle. Were you familiar with this film it all before being involved in it were you in filmed with any of the previous works by the director like what kind of was the very beginnings of your experience with this piece i had been a fan of like all of the studio ghibli films for okay. like my whole life my neighbor totoro spirited away like kiki's delivery service like all of that oh, kiki's delivery service it's like, so good i remember i remember checking that film out like at the blockbuster like the vhs oh, really? when i was a kid yeah like no way. i was so drawn to that and i never understood why and now i'm like it's an amazing film. right so, like, yeah cool. oh no i love that cool oh my god that's so cool and I had seen by Mamoru Hosoda, who's the director of Bell. I had seen his film Mirai, which like is such a beautiful film. It made me cry like nonstop. So I knew his next work was, of course, going to be very interesting to me, regardless of if I got the role or not. But like if I got an audition for it and I, you know, they sent me some materials. They told me like it got a standing ovation, like 14 minutes long at Cannes. And they sent me like a, some sort of trailer or music video of something. And I was like, oh my God, like this is just like visually gorgeous already. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going into it, all I knew was that 
Suzu was like this shy singer songwriter. And I was like, oh, like that's valid. <laughs> that's, that's totally valid. <laughs> yeah. You were like, not hoping that they typecast, but if they did. <laughs> yeah, but if they great. were to. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> no, I love that. So you, from the jump, you know, you saw yourself in this character and what exactly, because I'm so unfamiliar with that world. What is the audition process like for voice acting like that? Oh, well, I got an email from my agent. I got like a little script and I literally sat on my bed to record the lines, like just like, you know, these quiet like lines of being like nervous and whatever, like, like, and then um, they had me sing a Kelly Clarkson song because they couldn't release like actual materials, like song wise from the movie. So I just sing Because of You by Kelly Clarkson and I like recorded that in the bathroom because like acoustics but looking back it just sounds like I'm inside of a tin can but yeah so I just recorded that and sent that to my agent and then I like I got a call back like I got a call from my manager at like 11 p.m and she was like did you audition for something called Bell and I was like yeah then I zoomed with the dub director and we did a couple scenes like dubbing the scenes live right Wow. So when you're working on dubbing those scenes, what's like going through your head? You know, you're working with this director, you're going through these scenes. You were familiar with the scenes, obviously, because you had the material, but what is the actual like artistic process of getting into character and everything for like an animated role like this? Ooh, I mean, I think context of the scene is definitely very helpful, which I think the dub director tried to like give me an in to what was happening, even though I couldn't see particular parts of the movie or anything like that. But yeah, I guess I just sort of tried to tap into what the emotion of the character seemed to be, even just visually, like how she was drawn, like how her facial expressions looked, how she's moving in the scene, and how the other characters were talking to her as well that I wasn't dubbing kind of all that context is helpful. Yeah. So you were able to see a little bit of that without seeing obviously the big picture. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. So yeah, I'm sure that that was helpful. Interesting. (laughs) This world is so fascinating to me because as theater actors and concert performers, that live energy you get from an audience and that you get from your scene partners is so important to the process, both in rehearsals and on stage. But what is it like? You've got the role, you're recording these scenes with with your co-stars. How does that differ from theater? Obviously, without that live energy, though you right. are still all there in person, you know, are you there together? Are you secluded in a studio? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about the actual like recording process. Well, actually, I didn't get to meet anybody that worked on this no film. No way. Oh my God. Literally until like now. <laughs> I got to meet the dub director, obviously, Michael and I. We basically it was just us and the studio manager, Clark. Like we were just like in a little studio together for like a month and a half. And I got to work with the composers that came from Japan to work with us. So that was like oh, an wow. honor and a privilege. And to of get course. to sing their music in front of them was terrifying and, and amazing. So I got to work with those three guys in person as well. But regarding like other characters in the film, when I first started recording the movie, barely anybody else was recorded. So I was talking to the Japanese voices 
And so that was a little like strange and difficult, but it, it was fun. <laughs> but then eventually as time went on, more and more people got recorded. And I came out to LA earlier this year and finally got to meet like my co-stars, the woman who played my best friend, the man who played the little boy in it, like finally getting to meet everybody was wow. great. A year and a half later, you know? You know. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> going back just a bit, what was it like when you got that call that said you are going to be playing this role? You know, you got the job. What Can you tell us a little bit about that moment? It was actually an email. <laughs> And I was like, I think I was having a terrible day for some reason. I have no clue what was going on that day. But I was like in my room, like, like the room was dark and I'm like having a bad day, like, like mental health day. And then I get like a on my phone and I'm like, what, what? <laughs> and I think I turned to my mom and I was like, oh my God. And we just started screaming. I was like, I don't know what's happening. And yeah. It, a bad day turned into a pretty pretty good day. <laughs> yeah. I would say you'll remember that bad day for like the rest of your life. Totally. I don't know what was wrong though, but it doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing else mattered at that point. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's that's so funny. Did you go, go into rehearsals for it at all? I mean, I know you were working with the dub director, but what were the like rehearsals like for that? Rehearsal-wise, I mean, they just gave me a super secret copy of the subtitled version of the movie in Japanese, and I, like, watched that, and they gave me a copy of the ADR script, which, like, everyone was, like, actively collaborating on, like, the ADR writers and everything, so I, before I would go into session, I would just, like, unnecessarily... But I, I would just read it and like prepare what I was going to do for that day and like try to rehearse myself. But nobody was like, you must, you must rehearse. I just was okay. like, I have to like do this right or else. Right. <laughs> Did you find that as someone who you studied theater and were, you know, you were working on all of these theatrical projects throughout your childhood and through high school, were you being asked to pull back, to tone it down, to, or since you do relate to the character of being, you know, <laughs> the shy, you know, like, were you able to just kind of tune right into it? Or were you ever asked to, you know, like, this is film, this is different, we should, you know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it was more like, could you speak up, like, into oh, the oh mic? Because I was so scared. And, like, I'm playing a character that's super shy, super, you know, having some inner turmoil that she can't verbalize. But I was dealing with that. The first day I went in, I was like, I couldn't find her voice yet. Like, I didn't know what she sounded like. And so basically I was just like whispering. And though I kind of whisper through like most of the movie, like it was even, a, it was even yet different. Like I, I needed to like experiment with what Suzu sounded like for a while before I found it. Yeah. Was there a particular moment where you knew that you had figured it out? Were you like, this is it. This is the Ooh. voice. This is that moment. That's a good question. I'm not even sure. I think it just was a process. I think as I kept recording each day, it would change and get get more right in a way. And we actually got to like go back and watch the whole movie with all of my takes and like change things. 
And in my head, I'm like, you can still <laughs> hear the transition between me on my first day and and the beginning of the movie. And then towards the end, she gets stronger. But I think that also is, I think, helpful for the character just because she has that arc. So maybe it's not so bad that I was audibly terrified. But yeah. <laughs> so you're like this character already when you are beginning the process. But in a way, you're kind of like developing with this character throughout the <laughs> film. I mean, that's kind of awesome. It's very much a mirror of what's going on in real life versus in this beautiful film. So that's kind oh, of awesome. that's you know? so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about when you saw it for the first time in its full, like, completion? What was that? I mean, was that terrifying for you or were you just thrilled? Like, how was that? Well, I went with my best friend in the whole world and my parents and my little brother to the AMC theater and we sat there and watched it. And I think I just, I just was like, God, I hope they like it. Like, I don't know. I was just nervous, but I didn't get to see it with anybody that I worked with or anything like that. So it was just, it was a very strange experience. COVID like Omicron or something had really exacerbated the fact that like no one was going to the theaters like everything was shutting down again and so I think it was a scary time but it was beautiful just to have it so intimately with my family but hearing yourself in a theater like is just weird it's just like (laughs) that's my my voice amplified like that like Mm -hmm. oh my god oh no (laughs) surround sound every yeah every breath I take blasted through the speakers so it was definitely intense yeah yeah I know a lot of performers kind of cringe when they have to watch their own films or tv (laughs) episodes or even like listening to their own albums I know a lot of our artists who come through they're like I've never listened to that cast recording I was on (laughs) would you find that a bit difficult or at this point was it like were you comfortable with it I think it took time. I was uncomfortable with it at first. Like in the studio, we would play things back or we would listen to the recordings. And I was like, so uncomfortable (laughs) the whole time. But eventually like seeing the movie a couple of times and being able to have access to the album on like Spotify or whatever, I got more comfortable over time. And I'm really happy with how it came out and I mean, they're just like, it's beautiful music. Like the composers really put their hearts and souls into that. I love it now. I, it just took me a minute. <laughs> it really is beautiful. When you were here in January, I remember hearing your show, like your sound check and then the show. And a lot of the staff here at the club wasn't familiar with the material. And everybody was like, what is this? Like, this music is gorgeous. Like, why are we not oh, all no like... You know, bopping to this, both, I mean, your originals, obviously, but the music from this film, you know, a lot of people were not aware of it. So it's got to feel, you know, kind of crazy to have all of these like new fans, people who are fans of the film, and then people who are now going to be fans of you for being a part (laughs) of this film, who will then follow your career to wherever it goes, you know, (laughs) that's, how is that feeling for you? Oh, man. It's so wonderful and strange. When I did my first show last year at a different venue that I won't mention, is I, like people came that I didn't know. And I was not expecting that. Like I was expecting like, oh, my couple family members are going to be in here with me in the small room, whatever. Like it'll be fun. And we'll all have a great time. But then it was like, 
who are these people? Like, who are they? (laughs) And some of those people that were at my first show ever were like, have come to my other shows too. And like, have followed my cabaret act moment. And I love those individuals so much. And I, I, I'm so like, it's a mix of like confusion and like gratitude of like, oh my God, thank you. But like, what? Like, <laughs> thank you for coming to see me. Like, I don't understand. I think this movie, Bell, really hit people though in a way that like only anime movies can. Like, it, <laughs> it's like a super emotional experience. And I think a lot of people relate to the character of Suzu and Bell. And I mean, I'm just so honored that they like want to come hear the music live it's the best feeling ever (laughs) yeah well we are again we're thrilled to have you um we're going to take a quick break for a few short messages and we are going to be right back with kylie mcneil and we are back with kylie mcneil welcome back to the 54 below podcast so now we're going to be talking all about your upcoming encore performance at 54 below on wednesday september 20th you're going to be singing songs from Belle. You're going to be singing unreleased originals and your own, you know, unique spin on some covers, I hear. Can you tell us what to expect without spoiling anything? Well, I mean, I maybe will be singing some songs from Belle. I will be singing all of the songs from Belle. There's only four, but I will do all of them. <laughs> and yeah, there are some unreleased moments. I mean, I really need to release stuff. For people who are returning... There will be new music that I've written, so the show's a little bit different, but it'll always have that core few songs that I always sing. Yeah, it'll be a fun time. (laughs) It absolutely will be the most fun. Everybody's got to buy tickets and come. Uh, um, uh, So, Kylie, when you are writing your music, whether it be this musical that you're working on or your solo stuff as well, can you tell us who you kind of look up to for inspiration whether it be, you know, pop recording artists or musical theater writers, like who inspires you when you're writing? I love like Billy Joel and more recent artists. I'm obsessed with Phoebe Bridgers. And I think a lot of musical theater is like edged into my brain. And I think I kind of song write with a character arc. I love Sondheim, Stephen Schwartz. I mean, all those people are definitely inspirations. Nice. Well, well, kind of piggybacking off of that, can you tell us, I don't want you to give things away, obviously, since you're working on it, but can you tell us anything about this musical that you're working on? Yeah. I mean, like, I can't even believe that I've just like said, I've just like, said it, <laughs> like I'm working on this because I'm like, oh God, I hope I finish it. Um, <laughs> well, it's kind of just loosely, like it's based on my time waiting in line for a concert once. Um, So it's about kids, yeah, waiting online for a rock concert. So you'll hear some songs from the perspective of those kids at the show. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the concept. (laughs) Well, we're excited to hear more of that in the future, for sure. Taking a step back and going back to the musical theater of it all, I know you were involved with The Runaways at uh, New York City Center and the public. Can you tell us anything about that? I saw it and I loved that. I saw it. I loved oh that my production. God. Um, I thought it was wonderful. I, I had no, I knew nothing about the show. I was going with a friend. She was like, come with me to see this show. I was like, I'm off. Let's go. And I saw it. I was like, how have I a never heard of this and <laughs> B, like, why are people not doing this show? Like why, 
in like community theater, educational theater, all throughout my upbringing, why had no one ever done it? And I know it's a really interesting piece, but but can you tell us a little bit about your journey with that production and how you feel about your work with that as well? I believe I was 14, I think. And yeah, it was me and like 24 or something other kids. It's an ensemble piece about obviously runaways living on the, uh, the streets of New York. And it's like a quilt of music and perspectives of each of those kids written by Liz Suedos and what a genius she was. Yeah, working with all those people was so amazing. Everyone was so uniquely talented and like perfect. It was so much fun because we really all got to like dive into some really uh, important topics while also like totally letting loose and going crazy on stage. And the director, Sam Pinkleton, who I will like forever like idolize and look up to, was so amazing working with all of us. It was so fun. Yeah. Seeing it as someone who knew nothing about it, you know, it was like, there are all these kids on stage and they're just like playing, but then it would take this turn and you're like, oh my gosh, wait, this music yeah. like, like <laughs> inspired by real stories. And like, yes. this is like this moment that happened in the history of the city. And so yeah. it was, yeah, I was really kind of blown away by it. I just, first of all, not knowing anything about this story or this musical, but then seeing it, and, you know, loving so much of the music, it was, yeah, that was a really special production. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. And we got to do it again two years later in the park at the Delacorte Theater, which yeah. doing it like in the heart of the city, like outdoors oh, yeah. was was amazing experience. Yeah, no, I love seeing shows out there. So I can only imagine what it felt like to be performing on that stage. And also, like you said, in the middle of it all. That's yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> so moving forward, you are writing this musical, you're writing your solo stuff. What are your biggest aspirations for the future right now? I mean, obviously we all have to take it day by day, but like <laughs> let's let's look 10 years down the road. Like what are you <laughs> what are you thinking? What are you planning? What's what's the plan? I feel like I have so many plans and I have no plan at all. Um <laughs> That right there means that you were a senior in high school when COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so true. No, yeah. now I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, everything, I'm like, ah, well, you know, something terrible might happen. <laughs> like, I, like, I feel like that's everyone's viewpoint now. Like, all For right, sure. <laughs> here we go. I want to keep writing. I want to try directing. I want to do more acting. I want to do more music. I want to do everything. I like I I don't even know like how to do all of that, but I'm just going to try. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I, I believe that it can happen for sure. What about theater dream roles? What's the one? Oh There's got to be the one <laughs> or the three, you know? Oh, totally. I mean, I would love to be in Wicked. I'm still in my phase, not to lie. <laughs> um, Bug, Linda, oh my God. I I mean, Eurydice and Hadestown. I love Hadestown so much. Who else? I don't know. I love like Once Upon a Mattress. I would love to play the main girl in that. And maybe when I'm older, I'd love to play Catherine again. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. 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 Why not? I mean, by then it'll be time for the next Pippin revival. Yes. Right? No, exactly. Yeah. Call Kylie McNeil. Yeah, call me. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I love that. 
Awesome. Well, Kylie, this has been a blast. I'm so glad you were able to like sit down and talk with us about this upcoming show. You are back on our stage Wednesday, September 20th, 9.30 p.m. in your the reprise of your solo debut with 54 Below. We're so excited that you're going to be coming back. Can you tell us where we can find you on social media? Where can we follow you and get the latest updates? Sure. On Instagram, I'm at Kylie McNeil. Unfortunately, there are three L's in my last name as opposed to two because someone else has at Kylie McNeil. But yeah, just look up at Kylie McNeil <laughs> on everything. That's me. I'm so excited to come back. <laughs> we are No, we are so excited to have you for real. We can't wait to see you in September. And everyone, get your tickets. If there are any left, they're going to be selling fast. So make sure to get those tickets for Kylie's upcoming show. We want to thank all of our listeners, and we hope to see you in Broadway's living room soon. Thank you, Kylie. Thank you. You've been listening to the 54 Below podcast, part of the Broadway Podcast Network. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. To find out more about our upcoming shows, visit us at 54below.org. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.